0: cast dedicated to exploring how we develop presence in our work lives and beyond. All too often, chaos, stress and ambiguity build on our shoulders with little space to replenish and be grounded. We unravel and become frayed, leaving our full selves behind. Join your host, the lovely Isra Khan, to hear conversations with guests from diverse backgrounds, where they discuss stories and ideas to become unfraid. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Isra Khan, and this is Unfraid, episode zero. What this episode is going to be all about are the building blocks of this podcast. So we're going to learn what it is, what it isn't, what you can expect to hear in the future, why we're even doing this, and a little bit about me in the, in the context of this really big and important topic, so... Uh, Again, thank you for tuning in. I'm so excited. Before we dive in, uh, just a couple of quick things. You may have heard uh, that that intro at the beginning, and that incredible voice is by Night Blossom Audio. She is based in Australia and does some amazing, amazing work as a voice actress and a um, content creator, you can find her works on YouTube and uh, Patreon. You can follow her on Twitter. She graciously accepted my invitation to do that intro, and it was amazing. I think she just did it in one take, I'm pretty sure. Very talented, so thank you so much, Night Blossom. You're awesome. Also, shout out to my colleagues, family, and friends for encouraging this entire endeavor. I mean... It's a pretty big leap, at least for me, to translate a concept or an idea that's in your head into something tangible, such as a podcast with me chatting into a microphone right, right now. So um, all that can't happen without without support. So I appreciate your encouragement very much. Okay, let's dive in. Let's dive into Unfraid. So I guess the best way to describe what this is going to be all about is to kind of walk you through a scenario okay so I'm going to ask you to visualize yourself uh, at work perhaps um, maybe in an elevator with another colleague or you bump into them you exchange very quick pleasantries and then you get asked or you ask someone else how are you doing or how are you Um, so Let's talk about what we hear in response. Here's what I hear in response. Um, and you may hear it too. So here he goes. So, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Long pregnant pause. And then it's something like it's just so busy. There's so much to do. A lot of sighing, a lot of nonverbals, maybe. Um, it's just this weight of a response. There's so much weight behind it. Uh, you may even get a tongue in cheek response of like, you know, you know, I'm just living the dream <laughs> or, um, here's my favorite. Um, yeah, there's just so much to do in so little time and we got to do more with less, but it's job security, right? I mean, um, I don't know. That happens a lot. That happens a lot. And, you know, we can, We can look at it as a chatter or banter or just, you know, back and forth to bite the time in an elevator ride. Possible, yeah. Um, But if I pause and reflect on just how many times that happens, I start thinking, like, what what message is that sending? What story is that telling at a very big picture, 30,000-foot level? Um, My thoughts about it are it's almost mindless. You get through that conversation, you walk away, and you forget that you ever had it. Honestly, it's mindless, and very often, we lean on just how busy we are for those conversations. Sometimes, you know, if we know each other a little bit better, we'll go into, how's your family, how's your weekend, et etc. Et but very often, in my perspective, this busy conversation is laced through it. It's laced through it. And I've noticed just how much we come across as um, having that weight on our shoulder for how busy we are, and it's also behind it a sense of pride. Um, I don't know about you, but that's just that's just my my observation. I mean, let's let's flip it, right? So, how many times has a conversation ended up like this? So, how are you? How are you doing? I'm really well. Uh, I'm doing well. I've managed to save a lot of time, and I've struck a really good balance. Things are really, really good. I have a lot of time. Now that may happen, and if it does, I would say that it's in the minority. If you're one of those folks that truly has that as a response, please reach out to me because you're doing something right, and I want to know that. But more often than not, I don't hear that. So if you are, um, let's say another example, uh, if you're coming back from vacation and um, you start getting stressed out because there's just so much waiting for you when you get back and sometimes we say, I need a vacation from my vacation. (laughs) I need a vacation from my vacation because I left and I promised myself that I wouldn't check email and now I'm here and I'm back and I have loads to catch up on. I may need to lock myself in my office or just get away and try to catch up on email. At the same time, people are almost climbing on top of you (laughs) on your back saying, did you get my email? Did you get my email? And it's like, hold on, I need to catch up on it first. I need to catch up on the meetings. I need to catch up on any announcements that that have been made. And it's like, I might as well not have gone at all. That's um, very common too. So, If you're resonating with any of this, you're not alone. You are certainly not alone, nor should you be. You're actually caught up in what I'm calling a modern culture of endurance. A modern culture of endurance where you almost might feel like you're losing your sense of presence because you're always trying to catch up and stay on top of things and endure. There is a very interesting article that was written by the Chicago Tribune. The title of it is called The Cult of Busy. And it essentially talks about just that, that this culture and normalizing of talking about how busy we are is just so pervasive in our culture. More specifically, I would say in in corporate America. And it says things like saying that you're busy all the time is starting to become a badge of honor and it shouldn't be especially because it doesn't translate to actually how productive we are so that's an interesting take is stop saying that you're busy all the time that's the message of the article another article published by johns hopkins university is talking about this concept of uh, time poverty we are just poor for time we're always begging for it um wishing for it um scraping the bottom of the barrel to see if we have some um, and see what we can do to gain more. And um, it's a struggle and it's hard. I will actually link those two articles at the bottom so you can take a look at them in more detail. So just with those two specific articles, it's kind of spelling out the message that um, we're in trouble and uh, we may not be taking care of ourselves as we would like to. Now here's another concept that sort of goes against somewhat goes against those those two articles. Yes, we may be busy. Yes, there's a modern culture of endurance and yes, we may be wearing it as a badge of honor. But what can we do about it? Because our companies and our organizations are continuously piling on more initiatives Um, do more with less, Um, you know, if you get a promotion or if there's a special project coming through, you may be thinking, I don't have room to not meet those expectations. I signed up for this job and therefore I, I should do what it takes to meet those goals. It's perfectly fine to strive, to excel, to achieve your goals and achieve the goals of your team it's perfectly normal and to be expected what i'm talking about really is um we start losing our control in the middle of all of it and we don't have a choice and so part of what we're going to be talking about in a little while is reclaiming those choices in the middle of systems and environments that try to um, suppress that that Control or those senses of, of choosing. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. That, that's a valid truth that a lot of us will not feel in control and therefore uh, feel like they just need to endure. That's absolutely a truth. So throughout my work uh, as an HR professional, as a business partner, uh, as an IO psychologist, By the way, IO psychology is short for industrial and organizational psychology, so I know that's a mouthful, um, but it's essentially the study of um, our work environments at the individual level, at the team level, department level, uh, strategically at the organization-wide level. Um, It's a really, really fascinating industry um, that I am so passionate about. It is essentially relying on behavioral science, psychological research to help inform and improve um, our working lives at all those levels uh, through so many different ways. It's very diverse. I could go into a completely long tangent about IO psych, but we'll, we'll uh, stop that there. If uh, my IO colleagues out there uh, want to add to that definition, please feel free to do so. But that's essentially what I do and um, what my I guess my training is in so throughout my work I've been able to see these truths of the culture of endurance and um, not having choices sometimes that contribute to a lot of stress and possibly even burnout I've made two very simple conclusions right so the first one is the human workforce is stressed not a news flash, obviously. The human workforce is certainly stressed for all the reasons that we talked about uh, earlier. Um, a recent Gallup poll actually um, did a study on, I, I think, almost 8,000 res- full time employees in the United States. And the results turned up that two thirds of all of those people responded that they were either stressed all the time um stressed now and then or kind of stressed so all of that lump together uh contributed to two-thirds um that's a lot that's certainly a lot and you've probably seen articles and news stories and even in probably in your own organizations about you know we have to increase work-life balance we have to um help our employees um Feel better and feel happy. Uh, work life balance, I think, is slowly starting to become an outdated term. Um, there are other terms out there work life integration, work life blend that's another one. Um, there are a lot of mandates that um, executives are putting out there for their employees saying, don't check your email at home, leave work at work. Um, and there's sometimes some resistance to that, even. I remember coaching a leader who had a very strong um, reaction to the mandate of don't check your email at night. And they were saying, well, that's just how I work. That's just if I want to check my email at night, I will check it. Um, And it doesn't make me stressed. I actually want to. And that's the key, right? They were making their choice we're going back to choices here. So when we're not given the opportunity to make those choices for ourselves and be empowered and autonomous, that leads to my second conclusion or observation. When we are in those situations and we don't have choices, we'll start to pray at the edges. We'll start to unravel. And that's what I start to see sometimes in those elevator conversations. So that's what this this podcast is going to be about is to try and get at becoming unfraid long before hopefully burnout will start to manifest. So there are a lot of um, models and research done on stress and, and workplace burnout. Um, I actually really like uh, this one model It is published in the journal called The Scientific American. And the authors are, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Herbert Freudenberger. (laughs) I hope I did that correctly. Herbert Freudenberger and Gail North. And they put together a model that uh, describes burnout in 12 stages. Stages 10 to 12 are um, the most obvious manifestations of burnout so it's like depression um, health issues seeking medical attention and oftentimes when we talk about burnout and stress what we tend to think about are those last three stages according to this model the first three stages is where we start to become afraid here they are Uh, stage one is the compulsion to prove yourself Stage two is the inability to switch off, and stage three is to neglect your own needs. Now, it's almost like a seesaw, right? Um, it really depends on your the context of your environment, kind of what's going on, but that's very interesting that the first three are the compulsion to prove yourself worthy or relevant. Stages uh, four through nine are also sort of like an indirect manifestation of being afraid. So, we start to not handle conflict very well. Um, we start denying some emerging problems. We start telling ourselves, oh, um, what, what can I do? This is just the expectation placed upon me. I've tried everything. Or I know i got to take care of myself, but there's just so much to do. So what Unfraid is going to be about with all of that being said is that we're going to do our best to mitigate the risks of burnout at the very beginning to help you understand the first three stages and to essentially put some tools in your back pocket um, that you can try out immediately if possible. Now, if there are folks out there that are nearing stages 9 through 12, or if you know someone that's nearing stages 9 through 12, please seek help. From the professionals that can best assist. I'm not a licensed clinical psychologist, so um, there are amazingly talented professionals out there that can um, that can help. Okay, the purposes of this podcast is specifically for the first few stages, so that's that's essentially what Unfraid is going to be about. With all that being said, I can't do it alone, so that's why every episode. Uh, We're going to have some amazing guests, I'm so excited, Uh, where we're going to have a dialogue about remaining unfraid. Some examples are, um, what if you're a new leader? What are some ways in which we can maintain the presence? Um, What about if you are in a minority and you feel unrepresented at work? That can be a very lonely place. How do you maintain presence and remain unfraid? with all of that, um, as a challenge in front of you. Those are just some examples and a preview of what's to come. Um, and at the very end of each episode, we're going to do our best to boil everything down into one or maybe two key takeaways where you can try something almost immediately. Um, you can practice it, you can experiment with it and make it your own. Um, so that is what I hope to accomplish with this uh, podcast series. So in keeping with the tradition of uh, your takeaway, here's what I would invite you to do. The next time you're in an elevator and um, you get asked the question, how are you doing? Or you ask someone, how are they doing? Just notice what that conversation looks like. Just notice that there's no right or wrong answer. um, But just be in tune with what goes on in that exchange it just happened to me last week. I just, you know, blurted out how busy I was. Um, And I noticed it and I caught myself. I'm like, Oh, you know, what story is that telling? So I'd invite you to do that as well. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Until next time.